بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الذي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين الحمد لله we are able to have our session on تفسير سورة لقمان on time and I hope that inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspires us to discuss and understand the Quran inshallah in a better way as you remember we talked about the merits of Surah Luqman and the reason why this is called Surat Luqman and inshallah in future we will talk about those verses which relate to the advices given by Luqman to his son so today we start with the actual surah itself and inshallah we explain verses of this surah one by one أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. First of all, we should know that this بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم at the beginning of each chapter of the Quran is very very important. And as you remember, we said this is according to a hadith from Imam Sadiq عليه السلام the greatest ayah of the Quran. أعظم آية this is the greatest ayah of the Quran. This is the ayah which has been revealed 114 times. 113 times. At the beginning of surahs, it means all surahs apart from chapter 9. And in surah Naml is twice. So, you don't find anything like this. Even anything close to this. Being so many times revealed by the Quran and being put right at the beginning of the, of the message of God. It's very important. Then, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alif Lam Mim. It is very similar to what we have in Surah Baqarah, the second chapter of the Quran. And surprisingly, even the next few verses are very similar to Surat Baqarah. There are some differences, but very similar. In both Surat Baqarah and here, we start with Alif Lam Mim. Then we have few verses about the Quran and those who actually benefit from this guidance and mercy of God which has come to us in the form of Quran. Let us first talk a little bit about Alif Lam Mim. Our scholars, our ulama have discussed a lot about these letters which we call Huruf Muqatta'a the letters which are disconnected so they don't form a word because you know, we have words which are connected letters but we have disconnected letters like Alif Lam Mim like for example Kaf Ha Ya In Saad in the beginning of Surat Maryam and so on and so forth Ha Mim what does this Ha Mim or Alif Lam Mim or Kaf Ha Ya In Saad mean? We don't know actually. It can be a secret between God and His Messenger. A message for the Messenger Himself. No, because the messages which are given to the messenger can be one of two types. Sometimes he is given a message to deliver to the people. But if 
is a message for he himself so he doesn't need to explain it to us so this was something between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet and he is not supposed to tell it to us the other thing which is mentioned about these letters is that it is a kind of suggestion by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remind us of the significance of letters these letters which separately or by themselves may carry no meaning may not be significant you don't get anything from them when they are connected when they have an order among themselves when they are organized they can be so profound and so meaningful that can even become instrument for God the Almighty to talk to us these 28 letters of Arabic for example which by themselves are very simple but with the combination that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them with the order and organization that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to them they become so profound that we can never exhaust their meanings but if they were not organized if there was not a divine combination if they were disunited and scattered they wouldn't have any significance so this is another view about these letters and some people say that these little letters may relate to the content of each chapter which starts with them maybe these few letters at the beginning of each chapter which start with these letters are more important compared to the other letters in that chapter in any case I think more than one of these actually can be correct and we can say that it's both a suggestion that we should understand that there are something in the Quran which is only understood by the Prophet we should know our limit we should not expect to understand everything or it is a suggestion that when there is a combination and organization according to the will of God it has such a profound meaning at the same time it can be also that these letters have a special relation with the content of the surah which other letters do not have in any case uh, I think we should start uh, talking about the next ayah uh, which is a message from us obviously the verses after Alif Lam Mim are clear enough for us to reflect on and to be inspired inshallah by them Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Tilka ayatul kitab al-hakim khudan wa rahmatan lil-muhsaneen those verses of the book which is Hakim before I come to the meaning of Hakim I want to first clarify the structure of the sentence Tilka Ayatul Kitab Al-Hakim it can be those verses of the book which is firm or whatever the meaning of Hakim is 
and then you look for something as a subject or as a predicate those verses what? so it means that this book this Quran is something which is a set of the verses a set of the communications of God Tilka ayatul kitab al-hakim may refer to the Quran that the Quran is that combination or set of the verses of the Quran the Quran is not something which cannot be divided which cannot be detailed which cannot be broken into verses the Quran has a reality as a whole but it is not simple it is compound it has different parts and those are the verses of the Quran it can also be read in this way Tilka Ayatul Kitab al Hakim, which may be more natural and we don't need to then look for anything missing here. Tilka Ayatul Kitab al Hakim. So Tilka is the subject and the predicate is Ayat, which is added to Al Kitab, and Al Hakim is the adjective for Al Kitab. So that that God refers to the Quran and says that which is the reality of the Quran Ayatul Kitab al-Hakim or you can say those because Telka in Arabic can refer to one female or can refer to a combination of things which are considered as one but must be something not a combination of uh, male male for example human beings or male animals it must be a combination of non-living beings something which for which can then single female be used pronoun used in any case Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says those or that combination or those are the verses of the book which book? Al-Hakim the book which has wisdom normally we use Al-Hakim for a person we say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Hakim means he is wise we say Luqman was Hakim he was wise but it can be also used for a book Quran is also a wise book in English we have this actually for example we say wise saying means sayings in which you can find wisdom like you know for Nahjul Balagha we say Nahjul Balagha consists of sermons, letters and wise sayings of Imam Ali so what does it mean wise sayings? it means the sayings which have wisdom so this Kitab Al-Kitab Al-Hakim this is a book which is wise is a book of wisdom if you look for wisdom which is very important and I cannot express enough the significance of wisdom which is much more important than knowledge you may be very learned person but until you have wisdom, you cannot be beneficial, you cannot be successful, you cannot be doing good to yourself or to the society.
Sometimes people are very learned, but because they don't have wisdom, they cannot set up priorities. They don't know where to do, where not to do, where to speak, where to keep silent. What should be done first? How much energy must be put in this or that? Sometimes they do lots of things without finishing anyone. So there are many, many problems. Sometimes they cannot understand who is reliable. They cannot understand who is not trustworthy, who can be, for example, given this mission or that mission, all relate to wisdom. Wisdom is very important, and this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَمَنْ يُؤْتَ الْحِكْمَةِ فَقَدْ أُوْتِيَ خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا The one who has been given wisdom has been given a lot. So when you look for wisdom, a very rich source of wisdom is the Quran why we are going to far places we have it in our hand we have it in the Quran sometimes when we want something we don't look nearby we look in remote places we have a, a Farsi uh, poem which is very beautiful it says آب در کوزه و ما تشن لبان میگردیم Water is in the jar But we are going everywhere With thirst To find water We go miles to find water But water is in our house In the jar Most of the things that we need I am not saying everything But most of the things that we need We have it with ourselves you can refer to your self, to your conscience, to your heart, and you can find answer for many things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has inspired us to understand things. You can also refer to the Quran, which is the book of wisdom, and which is tabiyan and the kulli explanation for everything that you need. Why we are going everywhere and exhausting ourselves and tiring ourselves and then coming back either confused or either misguided let us refer to the Quran those are the verses of the wise book the book of wisdom but Hakim can also have another meaning, which I think they are related. It can mean a book which is firm. Muhkam, as we say in Farsi and also in Arabic. Because the Quran itself says, Kitabun uhkamat ayatu thumma fussalat. The Quran is a book whose verses are made firm and then detailed. So, this firmness of the Quran is very important. The Quran is not a book which is loose, which has no organization, which has no integrity. A book that you can easily put in something inside it or take from it without feeling that the Quran is well integrated and very firm and strong no falsehood can touch the Quran why? because Quran is a very strong and firm book. Aziz means something which cannot be defeated, cannot be destroyed, cannot be broken. It's firm. Falsehood cannot come to the Quran from front or from behind. لا يأتيه الباطل من بين يديه ولا من خلفه Because this is a revelation from God. So this is a book which is made firm. Kitabun uhkamat ayatuh summa fussalat. So tilka ayatul kitab al-hakim. 
can also mean that this is a book which is firm, which is a strong. And of course, when you have wisdom, you can become a strong. The one who has no wisdom has always to compromise or insist on his mistakes. If he insists on his mistakes, he will lose. If he always compromises, he is also losing. The one who has wisdom can remain strong. And this is a lesson that we have to take. Why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says those are the verses of the wise book? Where does Allah refer at? The same question is possible to be raised about Surah Baqarah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Alif Lam Mim Zalik Al-Kitab La Raiba Fiyo That is the book there is no doubt in it or that book there is no doubt about it Why Allah says that? Here Allah refers to the verses says those So when we refer to the Quran we say that when we refer to the verses we say those Why? Is it because the Quran is not there? When a person is sitting next to me, I say this. I don't say that. When I have the Quran with me, I say this. I don't say that. The beautiful point that ulama have mentioned here is that sometimes something is present and with me, but out of respect, and to show that this thing has a high position, I use that. Although the Quran is the book of God and present with God, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show that Quran is higher than us, and we need to struggle to get closer to the depths of the Quran, Allah says that book, those verses, and this shows the highness of the Quran. So Tilka Ayatul Kitabil Hakim. Those are the verses of the book which is wise, which is firm, book of wisdom. Okay, what is the role of these verses? What do they do? Hudan warahmatan lil muhsaneen. In Surah Baqarah we have Zalik al-Kitab la rayba fi hudan lil muttaqeen. Here we have Hudan warahmatan lil muhsaneen. Very similar, but with some differences. This is a book which acts which serves as guidance and mercy. In Surah Baqarah, guidance is mentioned. Hudan lil-muttaqin. But we know that guidance is a type of mercy of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has different types of mercy. He shows His mercy in different ways. One of them is to provide us with guidance. The Quran is a book of guidance and a book of mercy. But who are the people that can benefit from this guidance and mercy? Is everyone able to benefit from the Quran? We see there are many people who have not benefited from the Quran. Many people don't know Quran at all. Even those who know Quran, it's not that they, accord, they act according to the Quran, they live according to the Quran. So actually they don't believe in the Quran, in their life. Maybe theoretically they believe, but they don't believe in it, they don't practice it. 
So they are deprived from the Quranic guidance. So is it for everyone or not? The answer is that yes, it is for everyone. It is for mankind. But those who actually benefit from the Quran are the people who have certain qualities. You know, it's like, for example, you have a very good school and you don't discriminate. So don't say that only rich people can come to this school or people from this background can come to this school. You say everyone who is interested in learning can send his child to this school. But then there are some people who don't send their children to the school. They hide their children so that no one knows that they have children or they hide the school from their children so that the children don't ask them to send them to school. In any way, they keep them away from school. So, is the school for everyone, including these people? Yes. Is everyone benefiting from the school? No. There are some people who have not benefited from the school. Even those who go to school and attend the classes may not benefit if they don't study, if they don't listen, if they just play and waste their time, they don't benefit from the school. So, a school is opened for everyone. But only people who want, only people who have this thirst for learning, people who commit themselves to the truth, benefit from it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to mankind. Rahmatan lil'alameen. Not only even mankind. Even jinns can benefit from the Quran. Whoever has understanding can benefit from the Quran. The Quran was for all the people of the age of the Prophet and all the people to come. There is no limit there. But it's obvious that it was not that everyone benefited from the Quran. So how to qualify ourselves? to benefit from the Qur'an. How to prepare ourselves to attend this course, this school whose teacher is the Prophet and whose textbook is the Qur'an. The school is set up by God and the teacher is the Prophet. The textbook is the Qur'an. How to prepare ourselves? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah The Quran is guidance for the pious people Those who fear God Those who performed their obligations and prohibit Bad things They don't do them Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Hudan wa rahmatan lil It is a book for guidance and mercy for the people who do good things. Ihsan in Arabic means to do good things, means to be a benefactor. So, if we want to benefit from the Qur'an, we have to do good things, we have to do righteous deeds, we have to be muhsin. Of course, 
there is a discussion in theology about the notion of Ihsan and how it comes after Islam and Iman. I don't want to talk about that. What I want to say is something which can be very easily understood here from the Quran. Because the Quran itself explains who are these Muhsanin. And this quite fit into the literal meaning of Ihsan, which means to do good things. Hus means goodness. And Hasan means good. So Ihsan means to do good things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains himself. Who are these people? It's very similar to what Allah does in Surat Baqarah. I am really amazed with this similarity. There Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Hudan lil muttaqeen alladheena yuqeemoona salata wa yu'tuna zakata wa mimma razaqnaahum yunfaqoon. Yu'minoona bil ghayb wa ma unzila ilayka wa bil akhiratuhum yuqinoon. Ulaika ala hudan min rabbihim. Wa ulaika humul muflihun. This is in Surah Baqarah. And the verses are from the beginning of Surah Baqarah up to 5 is the 5th verse the pious people are the people who establish prayer let me read it once again in case uh, I have misrecited Alif Lam Mim there is no doubt about it guidance for the pious people those who believe in ghayb in the hidden things they establish the prayer they give alms Allah says, means from those things that we have given them, they spend some money for charity. Those who believe in what has been revealed to you, and what was revealed before you, and they have certainty about the hereafter. These are the people who have the guidance from the Lord. These are the people who have happiness and salvation. So these are the muttaqeen who actually have benefited from the Quran. Now let's go to Surah Luqman. Very similar. Alif Lam Mim. Tilka ayatul kitab al-hakim. Khudan wa rahmatan lil-muhsaneen. Guidance and mercy for those who have ihsan. To do good things. Those who establish prayer And they give alms, they give charity And they have certainty, yaqeen About the hereafter, about the eternal life About hell and heaven About their accountability Exactly the same. The fifth verse is similar, and actually, it is the number is also similar. These are people who are with this guidance from the Lord, and they are prosperous, they are happy, they have salvation. So, let us. Reflect a little bit on these things which are mentioned. First of all, الَّذِينَ يُقِيمُونَ salat Those who establish the prayer. In Surah Baqarah, the first thing is الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ Those who have faith about the hidden things. But the first action is again by salat. So after faith, after iman, which is something related to your heart, the very first action which has been mentioned is salat. 
What does it mean? It doesn't mean just to say your prayer, to perform your prayer. You have to give so much respect to prayer, so much attention to prayer, that your prayer can stand up. You know, sometimes you have a man, for example, a father, who is responsible for a family, but he is so much in debt. So many problems on him. As if his back is broken. As if he is bending. If you go and help him and remove some of the burdens, then he can stand up. He can have his honor and dignity. He can have his strength Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the prophet Alam nashrah laka sadrak wa waza'na anka bizrak alladhi anqada dhahrak we removed that burden which was on your back which was making your back breaking you know, if you have something, you know, like for example, if you have a roof made from wood and you put very heavy load on that and it starts making some noises as if it's going to come down, collapse, it's going to break. But before that, there, is, there are some noises. That is called anqaba. In Arabic. So sometimes a man is under so much pressure or a woman is under so much pressure that it's as if you think that he's or she is going to break, to collapse. Then you go and help that person. Remove the burden. Share with him some of the responsibilities. And then that person can stand up. What we need to do with respect to the Quran is salat. We should give so much respect, so much energy, so much attention when we say our prayer that our prayer can stand up, can stand on its own feet. And this is why we say salat. Salat is standing on its feet, which means it's going to start, but it's very beautiful that Salat is standing on its feet. Who is letting Salat stand? Me and you. And this is Iqamatu Salat. So we have to perform such a Salat that our Salat can be strong and can remain strong like a human being who is powerful and has going to have very long life not a salat which is humiliated which is ignored which is mistreated and this is tazyi'us salat this is what the Quran says They wasted, they humiliated They treated without honor the Salah So the very first thing is May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah enable us to perform such Salat To establish Salat to make Salat like a pillar, a strongly inserted in our life, in our family, in our community, in our society. Something which is not going to shake, something which is going to remain strong 
and then help us. Salat is light. Salat is mercy. Salat is guidance. Salat is the best action. Khair al-amal. The best way of remembrance of Allah. If Salat is standing there in our life, in our family, then we are not going to have problems. May Allah enable us to experience this. May Allah enable us to perform Salat, at least one Salat like the Prophet. The Salat that was bringing comfort to the Prophet. The Prophet used to tell Bilal, Arahna ya Bilal, give us comfort by calling for prayer. Even calling for prayer was giving comfort to the Prophet. He is the messenger of God but receiving comfort from Salat. If we experience that, inshallah, then we will understand Salat better and inshallah then after that we will work harder to maintain it. The second thing is zakat. They give alms. And this is very, very important. In more than 20 verses of the Quran, as far as I remember, it's, it's definitely more than 20. But I don't remember exact how many. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions Salat and zakat together. This shows that we need to pray and we need to do something with our money, with our possessions. I cannot say I will pray more. I will establish prayer so much so that then I don't need to pay zakat. No, it's impossible. Even if you say your prayer day and night, constantly, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, only you say your prayer and you don't give money, you are not going to achieve purity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran very clearly, Lantanalul birr. You never reach goodness unless you give what you love, not what you don't love. What is, you know, for example, you know, something that is used and outdated and outfashioned. So you want to get rid of it, you give it to someone else. No, something that you love and you love other people to give you. Allah says, you will never achieve bir, goodness, unless you do this. And similarly, no one can say, I give more money so that I don't need to say my prayer. I give lots of sadaqah, lots of zakat, lots of homes, but please exempt me from praying. No. You need both. Remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through Salat and remembrance of Allah through giving part of your possession. These two are needed. And inshallah I will talk more about this in the next session. And they are certain about the hereafter. They have faith. They have conviction. It's not that they are in doubt. They don't say, uh, for example, they don't know, yes, uh, is it going to happen that there is resurrection or not? Is it going to be really heaven? Is it going really to be, there be a hell? Are we going to be judged? No, they are sure about this. And if you are not sure, you would not be able to do all good deeds because doubt is something which weakens you. One of the most 
harmful things that can happen is doubt with respect to good things. When you want to do something good and then you doubt, then you lose your power. Sometimes, you know, we want to help someone and shaitan comes and brings doubt to us. It's not genuine doubt. Sometimes there is genuine doubt. That's fine. So you go and inquire. But sometimes just shaitan wants to stop you. So bring lots of doubts to your mind. You should avoid those doubts which are baseless. And this is important. Even doubt should have some basis. I cannot doubt without basis. I cannot question people without some basis. There are certain doubts that must be ignored. If you want to do something good and you know this is good, do not let your mind or anything else create so many doubts that stop you from doing something good. I am not saying to act quickly, to, for example, not study, not to reflect. But I am saying that when you know something is good, do not let doubt you know, come to you. And this is by itself a very important discussion in the Quran. What does rape mean? What does ertiyab mean? Ertiyab in the Quran normally is when you let some doubt come to you which is baseless. When you want to doubt, you know, we human beings are very strange, you know, we are given so many powers by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the things that we can do is that we can decide to doubt, although Logically, people may say this is impossible, but I think it's practically possible. Even if I have enough evidence, when I don't want to accept something, I start doubting. I'm not saying this is always possible, because sometimes the evidence is so much that you cannot doubt. But in social life, Normally we don't have that amount of evidence. But we have enough to be confident. So we shouldn't start out. In any case, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, This is the book which is guidance and mercy for the people who do good deeds. They establish a prayer, they give alms, and they are certain about the hereafter. These are the people who have guidance of the Lord, and they are Muflahun, they are the people who have happiness, they are successful, they are prosperous. Let us stop here and inshallah in the next session we will continue with this discussion. So now is the time that you can send your questions. You may have already sent your question and inshallah as much as time permits I try to answer your questions. Okay, we have two questions. Is Surat Luqman to be recited every day or sometimes only? Uh, Surat Luqman is good to be recited every day, if possible, of course, it's not compulsory. But uh, we had this hadith in the previous session, but unfortunately uh, we had some technical problems. I don't know this was in that part that you could hear me or not. There is a hadith that when you recite Surat Luqman, uh, for example, in the beginning of the day, then it will protect you till end of the day. If you recite it in the night, it is good for the whole night. So if you can recite it every day, it's excellent. If not, as often as possible. Second question. Is it true that the Imams have the hidden knowledge of the letters at the beginning of Surahs? Of course, we believe that the Imams, the infallible Imams of Ahlul Bayt they inherited the knowledge of the book from the Qur'an. And this is 
understandable from the Quran itself. This is not just a claim that we make. It is not even something which is founded, which can be found in hadith. It is something which can be found in authentic hadith and also understandable from the Quran itself. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that قُلْ كَفَى بِاللَّهِ الشَّهِيدًا بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَكُمْ وَمَنْ عِنْدَهُ عِلْمُ الْكِتَابِ Tell them it suffices me as witness that there is Allah, so Allah is my witness and the one who has knowledge of the book وَمَنْ عِنْدَهُ عِلْمُ الْكِتَابِ Question who is the one who has knowledge of the book other than Allah and the Prophet? No one can be claimed to have the knowledge of the book other than Imam Ali. No school of thought has ever claimed that their leader has all the knowledge of the book except the school of Ahlul Bayt. So they don't have any candidate for this. It's only the school of Ahlul Bayt that has one candidate. And when there is a position, and there is only one candidate, and no one claims such a thing, so it's clear that the result is that this must be the person, because we don't have any other replacement, we don't have any other solution. And there are other reasons. So yes, you are right that the Imams of Ahlul Bayt have all the knowledge about the book, but what is important is that they have inherited from the Prophet. So they are taught by the Prophet. Question 3 Can zakat be given in the form of time or is it monetary? If it is only monetary, what amount of a person's income is zakat? Very good question. Zakat has different meanings. At least I give you three meanings for zakat. One is to share with others what you have. Can be money can be knowledge. For example, we have zakatul ilm nashruh. When you have some knowledge, its zakat is to spread, to share it with other people. It can be time. It can be reputation. For example, you are a person who has good reputation. People listen to you. So maybe you don't have money to give me or I don't need money from you. I just need you to talk to someone to solve my problem. So, Zakat can be for this. So, this is one meaning of Zakat. To give some of what you have, whether it is money, whether it is power, reputation, knowledge, whatsoever. But the second meaning of Zakat is to give part of your financial possession money dress food maybe you have extra room in your house maybe you have some extra land so you give something which is uh, financially valuable has market value and this is the meaning of zakat in many cases in the Quran charity it includes homes some people say why homes is mentioned only once in the Quran no homes is mentioned in many places but not always with the name of homes the money that you give for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is zakat it can be khums it can be zakatul fitrah 
it can be normal zakat it can be even something which is not compulsory mustahab you have paid all your wajibat but there is someone in need and you can help him and that need is not that much that makes it compulsory for you so he's not dying or he's not going you know to have big problem but still you want to help him so this is mustahab great reward it is also zakat the second meaning of zakat is zakat in its narrowest sense and that is zakat what we have in fiqh in contrast to homes in contrast to anything which you give out of your desire not because it is obligatory so zakat is used in different meanings and what is important is one thing this is the esprit of zakat in all its meanings and that is to be able to detach yourself from something valuable that you have in other words to get rid of hubbud dunya because hubbud dunya is the root of all problems so when you have anything worldly money reputation house land dress skills talents anything that you have it's possible that then you want to maintain it and contain it for yourself and have a monopoly over that or you love it so much that you want to worship that you want to only have that in mind the principle of zakat or charity is to give it to others to share it with others to get rid of this ego and selfishness this excessive love for these things for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah i will try to talk about it maybe more in the next session because i want to answer to other questions the fourth question is sorry uh, there was a remaining of the previous question what amount of a person's income is zakat okay the, the zakat which is mentioned in the fifth the third meaning so it has fixed amount for different articles that zakat applies to them and sometimes even you may not have any of those things that zakat applies to them but zakat in the sense of homes and zakatul fitra are different and it can apply to all of us and then zakat in the meaning of charity in general has no limit as much as you can of course without putting yourself into big trouble allah doesn't expect you to give everything to others and then you become you know bankrupt or you're poor but anything that you can afford put a little bit pressure on yourself get rid of this hubbud dunya and give something to others may allah help me first before helping you inshallah question four please define briefly wisdom and a wise person in today's world in a practical way such a beautiful question from such a uh, you know ignorant person like me but even those things that i can tell the time is not enough and let me tell you a little bit about this we have two more questions uh, i just read them to acknowledge them and finish it inshallah just in a few minutes this uh, fifth question is there is a saying that when your salad is accepted all your amal are accepted what does this mean and the last question can you please tell me what is the meaning of the name luqman okay we will talk about luqman later uh, because there are some verses in the surah later that talk uh, about his advice about the when salat is accepted what does that mean it means that salat is the main action and it is a criterion for the rest of our amal if someone can perform salat in a nice and proper way so other things will be 
taken into account. But if someone is so, uh, you know, uh, weak, that cannot perform Salat, which is not something really difficult. So what about the other actions which need money, which need you know, lots of techniques, which need lots of awareness, lots of wisdom? Salat is the core and it's the basis, so it becomes like a measure. Okay, let me talk a little bit about wisdom and what a wise person in today's world can mean. This needs at least one session to talk about wisdom. And maybe, inshallah, when we reach uh, the section about Luqman, I will talk more about wisdom. But briefly, what I understand from wisdom is much more than knowledge, as I said. I believe that wisdom is to be able to link between two things. Between the ideals and the physical, the concrete conditions of life. Sometimes we get so much involved in the life, daily life, ordinary life, that we don't have any direction. We lose our direction. We just do what happens. This is wrong. Sometimes we have ideals, but we don't know how to implement them. We are so much occupied with the ideal that we forget the realities of life. Wisdom is to make this connection between the ideals, between the theories and the realities on the ground. A wise person is the one who knows what is the best action not in theory, right now, in this particular condition. You may ask me, what is the best action that I can do for my community? I may say, for example, to build a school, or to build a mosque, or to build a hospital, or to publish a book, or to give you know, money to the poor people. I can say many things. But this is not wisdom. This is just knowledge I'm sharing with you. But wisdom is, I should understand your particularities, your specific condition. I should understand the requirement of your community. And then among all those good things, all those ideals, choose one of them that is the best for this case. And this is wisdom. Maybe in your locality I suggest to build a school. In another locality, I suggest to build a mosque. You shouldn't be surprised. You shouldn't feel that I am contradicting myself. No, this is wisdom. Of course, we normally don't find this wisdom you know, available in people. People just do something that they know it is good. But what is the best for us, and not just today, the best for us in the long term? This needs wisdom. How can we achieve it? This needs discussion. It's a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but it is a gift which can work for it. We can prepare ourselves for it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah give us this wisdom. And may Allah inshallah enable us to talk about it more in the future. Because I think you are right that we need to talk more about wisdom, even if it is not directly related to this 
tafsir. But we'll talk about it when we talk about, inshallah, wisdom of Luqman. I have received uh, um, two more, three more questions, uh, but the time is over. Please forgive me if I am not reading your question, but inshallah, I will try to answer them in the beginning of next session. Uh, with your blessing, I want to finish this session and I want to thank you for being with us and I am very thankful again to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us to have this session. I am now in uh, Ohio in the US but Alhamdulillah we managed to get uh, the session done. Inshallah we will meet again after two weeks. But meanwhile, whenever you have chance, please reflect on these verses from Surah Luqman. And if you have friends, maybe you can share with them the ideas that we have said and as zakat for what we have had. Please remember your brothers and sisters from all over the world in your du'as and especially your humble brother uh, who is uh, talking to you. May Allah be with you, with your families and always help you and support you. May Allah inshallah forgive all the marhumin, especially of two brothers and sisters and those who have rise upon us and those ulama from them we have received this knowledge of the Quran and the teachings of Ahlul Bayt May the Quran be our guide and intercessor inshallah. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil alameen.